You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. Welcome to the pinnacle of wrestling entertainment, Premier Streaming Network. Join us at watchonpremier.com to unlock the ultimate wrestling experience, curated to perfection. Immerse yourself in the spectacular world of wrestling history, where classic battles and unforgettable moments are at your fingertips. Join us today and experience the epitome of curated wrestling content, because when it comes to wrestling entertainment, Premier sets the standard. Be Premier. This is the MLW Radio Network. This is the Mind of the Meanie. Here are your hosts, the Blue Meanie and Adam Barnard. Peace world and welcome everybody to the Mind of the Meanie, your weekly peek into the world according to former WWE superstar and ECW original, the Blue Meanie. We'll cover wrestling, music, movies, sports, and lots and lots of useless knowledge all contained in the Mind of the Meanie. I'm your tour guide, Adam Bernard, and he is the Blue Meanie. Meanie, what's on your mind? Uh, I have nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Wrap it up. We're done. Thanks for coming by, yeah, guys. For the Blue yeah, Meanie. Yeah. And credits. And scene. Uh, hey, 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 hey. No, we, uh, as we were talking, like, yeah, it's been a kind of a rough week. Yeah. Um, not rough, but just busy. You know, uh, you got your uh, pulled muscle in your hip, and uh. I'm just just generally brain dead <laughs> today. <laughs> well, whatever the medicine they gave me made me brain dead, man. I fucking hurt myself, and I'm just, like, in, in space today. I'm like, I don't like this, man. I don't like this feeling. Well, Welcome to my world where you, you're the age of, why does this hurt? Uh, <laughs> you hurt your hip. I'm, I went to unplug something last night and popped something in my wrist. Oh. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. You do everything in the ring and you come out unscathed, but simple chores around the house and you're like, oh shit. Let me, put, let me get some, where's the CBD? Where's the, uh, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, um, but no, no, it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> when a drag, it is getting older, as the uh, Rolling Stone said. It is a drag, man. And I, I didn't even, I was working out. I'd started working out again, like doing my plans again. Shout out to Brad Feinberg, uh, my trainer. And um, I got back in the swing of things and I was killing it at the gym and everything was good. And I literally bent over to pick up my keys and I felt like a tear or a pop in my hip. And I was like, what the fuck was that? And for two days, it's been just horrific. So now I'm on these muscle relaxers. They gave them to me yesterday because- I was like, I got to go to the doctor. You know, you're, you get to the point where you push it off and you're like, no, I, I got to go, you know? So they gave me some muscle relaxers and I took one for the first time last night and I woke up this morning and I was like, I, I don't even remember when I fell asleep, you know? Like, I don't, I don't yeah. like that at all, but it helped. My, my, I mean, it definitely my, helped, but. My muscles have been relaxed since 1973. <laughs> um, now, uh, just, yeah, yeah. What, what's, your, what's your coach's name? Brad Feinberg. If that is his real name. That's why I was like, man, that sounds like such a made-up name. Brad Feinberg. He was my uh, my college. I'm sure he's a fine fellow. Uh, he's great. Yeah, he was my uh, my college roommate. He uh, is the personal trainer of Dan Reynolds from Imagine Dragons. And he, nice. Uh, yeah, he is uh, a very close and dear friend of mine and is helping me get back on my weight loss kick and my goals. Um, you should give him a follow. Brad Feinberg, 88, on Instagram. Fantastic guy. 
Um, but I texted- Was he 88 for it? Did he play sports? That was his the year he was born. But he was also, he was on the rugby oh, team. Okay. Well, on the rugby team in, in Westchester University. He was the captain of the rugby team and um, he, uh, you know, crushed it. I think they won a championship while they were there, but big hulking redheaded dude. I mean, he's just this monster of a man. Uh, big beard, <laughs> looks like a, like a Viking. Like like picture a Viking with like bright red hair and that's Brad Fiverr. Um Wonder, wonderful guy though, but yeah, awesome. I, text, I texted him and I was just like, uh, Brad, hey, <laughs> listen, dude, uh, I hurt myself. And he's like, oh no, it's fine, man. He's like, do this, do that and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, got the x-ray. I don't think anything's wrong, but um, hopefully I don't have to do any MRIs. Man, you went hardcore on this, man. Looking at x-rays and- Yeah. Me, I just go, ah, I'll just walk this off. Uh, <laughs> like, and I tried, you know, dude. I tried to walk it off though. That's the thing is I tried to walk it off and like the couple of days I was doing, because like I said before, I had had an issue like this, like very minimally last year around this time. Nothing was, you know, I took some Motrin, put some Icy Hot on it. Everything was solid and, you know, that was that, but- now it's like, you know, I've had it. Literally, Courtney had to help me get my shoes on yesterday. That's how bad it was. I was like, Jeez. oh, my God. Yeah, 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 it's bad. So, but I'm good, man. But how are you is the better question because no one's here to hear, listen to me, bitch. Uh, how are you? I'm good, man. Uh, I was going to say, like, you know, last week uh, or whenever you're listening to this, maybe two weeks ago, uh, when we did the drive to Indianapolis, it's like uh, I'm at the age where, like, you get out of the car and you kind of do the uh, hop along Cassidy walk like you're a cowboy. <laughs> and then, like, it takes me, like, a couple stages to get to a normal normal walk. But yeah. uh, I'm doing good, man. Uh, a little inside baseball. Um, it's the day after night one of the NFL draft. The, yeah. uh, I know uh, my brother-in-law uh, is going to, you know, Turn off uh, this because I'm about to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles. Jay Root, what's up, Jay Root? Because uh, he's a Giants fan, but we got along. Um, yeah, the Eagles did really good last night, man. Um, uh, we uh, Eagles went into the draft with uh, three first round picks and used none of them, which is uh, kind of what you think. Thought Howie Roseman was going to do with the Eagles, Howie Roseman, the GM. Um, uh, we traded up. And got a uh, defensive tackle, Jordan Davis, mm -hmm. uh, with the first pick. We moved up from 15 to 13. Got fucking wrecking ball in Jordan Davis, who, uh, you know, you line him up, you know, right behind, you know, Fletcher Cox. And they're going to be like the fucking road warriors just busting shit up. Yeah. But uh, the move that really got my fucking blood pumping. I mean, Jordan Davis is a good pick, but yeah. um, the Eagles... Traded, they, they had uh, what they had fifteen and nineteen, yeah, and then they went and traded their nineteenth pick, I believe, to the Tennessee Titans and got fucking AJ Brown, which is like, holy shit, you know, um, it's like one of those moments where like, where were you when? And it was like, when the news broke, I was I got like bubble guts, I got excited, I was like, yo. You know, um, you know, Eagles fans have always longed for another Terrell Owens or T.O. type fucking wide receiver with this team. We've had, like, good wide receivers. You know, Deshaun Jackson was great and all that stuff, but, like, a physical specimen of a person, of a human being who right. can just physically go out there and pluck balls out of the air and, you know, 
be dominant. Well, say what you and, want. Uh, you can say what you want about Terrell Owens, but the guy was a fucking machine. Like the guy was oh a machine. God. He played in the Super Bowl on one leg. That's what I'm saying. Like, he, yeah, he Brock Lesnar at the Super Bowl. Dude, he could. I saw To on Pat McAfee. That dude could play today yeah. if he wanted to. He, he's, Absolutely, he's still trained. He is, you know, not the. I don't want Matt Cardona to sue me, but Terrell, Terrell Owens is the epitome of always ready. He's yeah. he. I wish he would just, you know, clown around and go play in the USFL and just light shit up and just put shit on tape to make where people go, all right, T.O., uh, we'll give you a shot, you know? Yeah. One-year uh, veteran minimum or whatever, just to, with a shitload of incentives, you know? But, uh, yeah, the Eagles did fucking fantastic last night, and that, that was only night one. And uh, night two and three, I mean, round two and three are tonight, so... I almost said night two and three are tonight, which, yeah, that's where I'm at mentally right now. <laughs> WrestleMania but, uh, NFL draft, night two. Yeah. <laughs> but, Stu uh, yeah, Stupendous. Sorry. Shout out to Andrew Bailey in the chat who, yeah, uh, I mean, that was that was his first words, fly, Eagles, fly. Yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, so uh, I know we don't, do, I, I know our motto is we talk about, about you know, music, movie, sports, and and more. Tons of, and tons of useless knowledge. But, and uh, we don't really talk too much sports on here, but I love sports. Uh, sports, music, you know, uh, video. Oh, now I got to get fucking, I have to get fucking uh, A.J. Brown and my Madden team. Yeah. So I, fuck up, I fucked up and I, I traded for Calvin Ridley and he ain't coming to the Eagles. Calvin Ridley was, well, still is. For those uh, listening overseas or abroad, he uh, wide receiver for the Atlanta Falcons mm. uh, played ball played ball with Devontae Smith and uh, Jalen Hurts and at Alabama and the Eagles were about to pull the trigger on the trade to bring him over, you know, and then uh, he got pinched for uh, online betting. Oh, jeez. <laughs> He's just he's suspended for the whole next year. Really? So uh, yeah, and uh, he didn't even oh, bet on man. you know he he didn't even you know bet on his team to lose. I think he bet on them to win. It was like a three something parlay or whatever. Ah, oh, jeez. The joke was he uh, he gambled you know twelve hundred and lost fifty million <laughs> or whatever he was supposed. To, I don't yeah I don't know what he was you know supposed to get next year, but honestly, holy man, shit! Why would you do but, something uh, so stupid? They can track that shit. That's you know? what I'm saying. It's a, why would you do something so stupid? You have to give your name to fucking collect the earnings, uh, right? So idiot. But um, yeah. So now I gotta go. Gotta be AJ Brown on my Madden team for the Eagles. Now let me ask you a question for for fans who are listening to the show who may not be familiar with the way that the draft works. Now you mentioned that the Eagles had three first round yeah. draft picks and they only used one. How frequent does something like that happen in a draft? They, uh, it was said last night before last night's draft, it was like the most bizarre draft night one in 30 years. Uh, I forget who the guy, who he's like, I forget what expert, which expert said it. Wasn't the guy with the hair, was it? What's his name, Mel? Oh, Mel Kuyper's the worst. <laughs> you know what? Wait, shout out to Lane Jaffe because he said the same thing to me last night. I sent a picture of him as I'm watching it and I was like, 
who the fuck is this guy? Like his hair Dude. is like like Polly Walnuts at the like if you if you got Polly Walnuts from Wish.com, that's what this guy's hair looks like. I was like, what the fuck is going on? He's like, that dude's obnoxious. It's 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 funny you said somebody sent you the picture of uh of him because you know, uh, Mrs. Meany. Uh we weren't together when we were watching it. Uh I was I was out and about and she sent me uh, a photo of him going who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> she sent me a photo of Mel Kuyper. I was like, yeah, he looks like a, an angry owl. He looks like a, he looks like a, something from Fraggle, like an angry bird from like the Muppets or something like that. <laughs> he's, he's this draft, mock draft guru who I don't know if anybody's put his feet to the fire on if, if any of his picks have come to fruition, but... I was, Every year. I was watching on ESPN. I'm watching like the ticker at the bottom and it's like, oh, Mel's picks that, Mel's top picks that are still available. And there's like 12 on there. I'm like, dude, are you, like, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> What's going on here? Yeah. It's like in baseball, you know, you all, like baseball is the only sport where you have to be 30% successful and be, to be considered good. Mel yeah. Piper's picks are like baseball stats. They're like, oh, I, I got, 20%, right? Oh, speaking of yeah. baseball, should we talk about yeah. this real fast and then we'll come back to the draft? Because I have other questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, always, yeah. I'm always question, I'm always like talking about this, but Kyle Schwarber yeah. from the Philadelphia oh Phillies got ejected from the game. Now, just refresh me. Who were they playing? The Philadelphia Phillies were playing, was it the uh the Brewers? Yes, the Brewers. The, the, the Milwaukee, Milwaukee Brewers. Milwaukee, yes. That's an excellent yes. Wayne's World refer reference. Way to go. I wish I had applause on the soundboard here. <laughs> but they lost. So the Phillies lost one nothing, right? Um, yeah. To the Brewers. That's, that, that was my applause button. That's what, and here we're going to give uh, Angel Hernandez this. It's the shits. I can't remember what regular air smells like. That's what his calls were like this past week because he fucking, if you watch the pitch, it is very, very clear that that pitch was a ball. It was yeah, he is way like inside, the, way inside, the, man. He is the lowest rated umpire in all of baseball. And uh, like all of his, <laughs> they had the stat for all, all the strikes he called that were like not in the strike zone, <clears throat> which was fucking insane. But uh, yeah, Angel Hernandez making a, uh, a strong case for them to get robo umps. Yeah. Because that's, that's going to be the next thing they're going to get robots to fucking call. You know, balls and strikes. Yeah, that's what it's for. For for those for those not familiar with baseball, the strike zone is either side of the plate and between the the batter's knees and the logo on the shirt. So right. it varies from person to person. If you're like seven foot, you know, it's between a seven foot chest and the knees. That's that. That's his strike zone. I forget what team back in the fucking like. 1940s or 50s went and got like a little person as a batter. Oh, jeez! Because the because the, you know the strike zone you know would be you know smaller, so he always walked or something like it was like a publicity stunt, but or something like that. I just remember seeing the photo of the little person at bat, and they're like, you know, it, you know, he's giving pitchers fits because where's the strike zone? But Angel Hernandez, uh, shout out to the Phillies fan who. Yeah. 
fucking, there's video of, you know, the fans waiting just to fucking heckle him as he's driving out. Like, Angel Hernandez, you stink. And you're, yeah. I don't like you when you stink. Like, how Canadian and Philadelphian in the same mixture there it was unbelievable. Polite and, yeah, very, very polite. Absolutely. Uh, like, incredibly polite. I was surprised. I was like, is this guy, are we sure this guy is from Philadelphia? Because I don't think that he is. Shout out to uh, Vanessa Bella with a great reference. Was it Enrico Palazzo behind the plate from uh, Naked Gun with, and, uh, with Leslie Nielsen was the uh, umpire? And then, like, he takes off as a, it's Enrico Palazzo, you know? <laughs> That's a great reference, Vanessa. Uh, but yeah, yeah, just uh, they, they, they're changing baseball, you know, now, you know. The, you know, the National League has designated hitters, which I'm in favor of. I yeah. always hate it when I knew, oh, fuck, the pitcher's coming up third. God damn. But it seems to, it you know? feels like it makes sense to have the DH rule across the league, right? Because I think it's the, yeah. the American League is the only league that has it now, right? Used to be. Used yeah, to be, used right. To be. And like when like they would do uh, the World Series, yeah, they would have the DH in the American League cities and... Regular in uh, nationally, nationally, uh, cities, not series, cities, and uh, first day with the new mouth. Sorry, um, we're getting it warmed up, folks. Yeah, yeah, this is going to be like the most mellow minded meanie yeah. ever. Enjoy uh, it. <laughs> yeah, but I'm I'm enjoying having a weekend where I don't have to really leave the fucking house. Yeah, uh, yeah, dude. Indiana two weeks ago did a wedding last week. Um, yeah, and, yeah. So Dude, me too. Man. Yeah, it's good. To, it's it's good to be busy, but it's you know, sometimes it's good to be home. That's um, what that's what I was thinking. And what what's not good though is Angel Hernandez's uh, consistency record here. I'm looking at the stats from the game. His overall yeah. accuracy was 88 percent, and overall consistency was 88 percent. The nat the the MLB average is 94 percent, which is crazy yeah. i mean that is and his at called strike accuracy was 77 percent, and the league average is 88 percent. i mean if you look at this card i'll maybe we'll retweet it on the mind of the meanie page don't forget to follow us right now twitter.com slash mind of the meanie uh and check out the stats here just from the show but i mean this this pitch that hater threw to schwarber was yeah unquestionably inside and he right. threw his bat down and he lost his shit, was just like, it's both sides. You're doing it all fucking night. You're terrible. Uh, well, that's the thing. Him. He was, he, 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 that's, that's the thing. He was bad for both teams. Yeah. To where, like, a Andrew McCutcheon, who played, you know, I wish he was still Philly. I love Andrew McCutcheon. Always loved him as a player. But he was playing for the Brewers, and he, they struck him out. And he just stood there with this look of disbelief on his face. Wow. So when, you know, Kyle Schwarber was going to be like, one of the last outs, and he's like, "Fuck it!" I'm. If he ejects me, I'm. You know, it's the ninth inning. What's he going to do? You know? Yeah. He fucking the way he sold it was so pro wrestling. I don't mean like his anger was a work, but like you know when we train, when I you know talk to younger guys and train, I, I go, man, when you're when you're selling and when you're doing things, you got to do it for people in the nosebleeds, mm -hmm. so they can fucking, you know. You know the the people in the first couple rows, they'll they can see you selling, but you got to sell for the fucking people up in the fucking nosebleeds. Everything Kyle Schwarber did during his fucking thing was like very over the top, fucking 
selling for the the fucking people in the nosebleeds because he he they they called him out. He went over both hands over the head, slammed the bat on the ground. Yep. Both hands took the helmet, slapped him. And he's like fucking pantomiming like he's calling in an airplane. You know, when you go, all right, just a little bit, just yep. a little bit, a little bit left, a little bit right. You know, he was doing all that. I was like, oh my God, this is fucking amazing. I like fucking stood up and popped in my living room. I was like, yes, that was fucking great. But, you know, the, and that, that cell made the rounds and that became uh, viral, so to speak. You know, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, wrestlers, you know, you know, me explaining uh, to a rookie how to catch me on a dive or, you know, shit like that. Right, know? right, right. <laughs> I think Cheeseburger said that one or something like that. But it, it was, dude, it was fucking crazy. He was, that was a bad, that was a bad night of baseball. But yes, then, it was. The, the yes, it was. Phillies turned, Phillies turned around and uh, fucking swept the Rockies, which was good. Last night was a good night for you know, Philly sports. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. The Sixers won last night, 132 to 97. They won by 36 what? points. 37 points. They, they knocked the. Uh, they, they they moved on to round two round. of the playoffs, which it's going to be crazy with the Heat. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that one. But 35. You know, I did my math wrong. 35 points. <sighs> the hell of a game, That's though, okay. man. Holy shit. Well, it, it was a one point difference going into the half. Yeah, and then. I don't know what they did in the fucking <laughs> during the uh, halftime or whatever they, during the intermission, but holy shit, they came out and fucking put up thirty. They took a thirty-five point fucking lead. Yeah, they're looking at and, some of the uh, stats here. They're talking about all five Sixers starters scored in double figures, led by Joel Embiid, who had thirty-three points, ten rebounds, two or three blocks, and two steals. Fucking Embiid, man, he. Uh, he was the fucking main heel in Toronto last night because they're yeah. chanting, you know, fucking bead. And he's putting his ears to his fucking, his hands to the ears going, oh, yeah. where you at? He said, where where you at? I can't hear shit. Oh, yeah. man. You know what? And so, James Harden uh, had last night, Um, he had 10 points. The beard. Yeah. <laughs> he had uh, five assists as well. Um, Man, this team is fucking unstoppable. I can't wait to see what happens next. And you said they play the Heat. Is that the next game? The next Miami round? Heat. Miami Heat. Jesus. Who I believe are the first, uh, the number one seed, I believe, in the yeah. East. Yep. Oh, here we go. Here's, so, the, here's uh, all the NBA stats right here. I'm pulling them up right now on the Twitter. Uh, James Harden, 22 points, 15 assists. Maxi had 25 points, 8 assists. And Harris had 19 points and 11 rebounds. So they fucking crushed last night. But, you know, I really want to get my hands on one of these uh, Spectrum jerseys. I know we talk about it a lot, but we're going to oh. have to... We have to crowdfund that. Get us, get us two jerseys for this, from the Sixers. I'd like my number to be sixty nine, please, because nice. Yeah, I, I always pick when I get when I get a custom jersey. I always pick the year of my birth, which is seventy three. So nice. I have nice. Uh, I have a custom Flyers jersey, uh, an old school Philadelphia Phantoms jersey. I got a Phillies jersey, mm. and uh, I didn't do an Eagles one. Oh man, I but, used to have I used to have Brian Westbrook Brian Westbrook jersey that was uh, white with the green like the the green letters on it, green numbers and stuff. And I had a yeah. Shane Victorino jersey um, in uh, I think it was the was it the cream color or the gray? Yeah, from the 2008 um, season when they won the series, and I had the patch on it. And uh, unfortunately, someone who used to be in my life who no longer is kept some of my things, including uh, both of those jerseys. And I was furious. So a couple of years ago, my brother found me another one 
uh, another Victorino jersey that is similar to the one that I had. And I was fucking pissed because I loved that. I spent a lot of money on that too. You know, it was like an authentic yeah. one. I went to the stadium to get it and, you know, yeah, like- they're not cheap. No, nah, man. No, nah, but I definitely want to pick up one of those- uh, one of those Sixers jerseys because it'll help me, uh, you know, hide some of the rolls under my shirt here. Um, <laughs> so the other thing that I wanted to go back to on the NFL because we're doing, you know, we're going to do sports now for a little bit. Let's uh, let's stay <laughs> on it, pal. Um, I noticed, and I was talking to some of the guys that I was with last night. I noticed we talked about this a little bit in the Green Room Show, um, which you can actually watch early by going to Patreon.com/slash Mind of the Meanie, signing up right now, and you can watch us early and ad free. Anyway. I noticed that almost no one up until Pittsburgh picked a quarterback as their right. first round pick, which is kind of unusual, right? What does that yeah. say for people who may not, you know, understand the, the logistics of this work? Is there a specific reason this year why they didn't pick as many quarterbacks? Or is it just because there were a lot more defensive, offensive folks that they were looking to pick up for their teams? Yeah, each year there seems to be a theme within the draft. And um yeah, you know, this year was just like a, a defense heavy class. You know, they the people, you know, the people, you know, the Mel Kuypers of the world try to uh project well, you know, what's gonna be the big theme and uh last year was, you know, wide receivers, you know, so and uh, yeah, but yeah, the first couple, you know, picks were defensive people. Which kind of, I'm starting to get a little nervous because I want the Eagles to pick up on their defense. Right. Obviously. Um, I mean, their offense was okay last year, but, you know, the defense, you know, they were letting teams back into the game and stuff like that. Like, you know, the if you score like 23 points, you should be able to win the game. You know, the Eagles were losing a lot of, you know, games where they're scoring over 20 points. It's like, Jesus Christ, can we get some defensive help in here? So like yeah, a lot of guys, a lot of heavy hitters are going in those first couple rounds, and which kind of led me to believe that's why they traded up to uh, thirteen to get Davis. I also thought they were going to try to get up and get Williams, but he went to Detroit. Um, which if they would have got Williams, that would have been fucking insane as well. Yeah. Dude, if they would have had Williams and AJ Brown. <laughs> Along with Devontae Smith, holy shit! I don't know. Wow. I don't know. I I, I would have been insufferable. Uh, but yeah, when you talk about the draft, like each year, there's a, it's, it almost seems like a theme, and I'll, I doubt it's by design. But like, yeah, last night was like the the you know the first round was like the night of defensive players. Uh, but yeah, uh, the, the one quarterback that I, I remember I. I didn't see every pick, but yeah, uh, Kenny Pickett went to the Pittsburgh Steelers, and there was a lot of uh, a lot of hate on Kenny Pickett. Like you know, people are like you know, and the, the big thing was uh, Kenny Pickett has small hands, which <laughs> is like bizarre to me. But you know, I mean, he can't hold on to the football. Well, he's got two hands. Right, uh, <laughs> you know, he's got two hands. You can keep who's it. looking? Who's looking at his hands, dude? Dude, it's it's weird. It's weird what people look for. What like the scouts fuck, dude? look. It's weird what scouts look for in, in professional football. You know. Oh my god! But uh, but his moment was pretty special. Uh, yeah, Kenny Pickett. He, um, you know, besides the fact that you know they made fun of his fucking hands, he plays for Pitt. 
for those uh, not familiar with American football, that's uh, in Pittsburgh. And uh, and uh, he got drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers. So he basically got he played his whole college career and now he's going to play his professional career in the same city, you know, which yeah. is kind of cool. And uh, when they called his name, he just fucking broke down. He bent over and just started crying, which was... Uh, a beautiful thing to watch, to watch, you know, so many. That's why I like about watching the draft. Like, uh, look, I'm not a college expert. I, I, I watch out of my, the side of my eye, out of my peripherals. I watch, you know, with college. Because, you know, there's so many games where it's like 97 to 3. You know, it's like, oh, man. So how many blowouts can you watch? Yeah, right. But, uh, you know, uh, to watch these guys, you know, realize their dream of, getting drafted to the NFL. Uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, it's pretty cool. And uh, seeing Davis come out and, and uh, you know, fucking getting AJ, well, AJ Green's been playing for a couple of years. I mean, AJ Brown's been playing for a couple of years now. But, uh, yeah, and then, you know, watching Kenny Pickett, you know, celebrating, burst out into tears was pretty amazing. In a good way. I, uh, I am trying to figure out how to transition into something else right now. And I was thinking about it and I don't know how to transition. So uh, I am going to just mention something that I sent to you this morning. Bobby Lashley. Oh, yeah. Last night. Yeah, yeah. Uh, was that last night or the night before? Ryan Satin tweeted something, um, a friend of the show, of a video. It looked like Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley in the ring. Um, yeah. And uh, the top rope it, snapped after in, an uh, Irish New, whip. In uh, Newcastle. UK, they have a, they're doing an overseas tour over there in Newcastle. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was a scary thing to watch with, uh, Bobby Lashley. The, 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 and look, and, uh, you know, I've, I've had the top rope snap on me at least once. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Cause I remember you, you had said to me like your blood went cold. What, tell me, uh, tell me what happened when you, when that happened. Dude, I was wrestling a, a fellow named Chris Crude. My boy uh, Julian Bradley, who is a uh, senator in Wisconsin now, oh wow, it's crazy. He said, you know, he said pro wrestling totally got me ready for politics. <laughs> uh, but he's doing good things. But we were we we're doing this match, and uh, it was going to be one of those things where he, I mean, he's a big dude, and I'm a big dude. He was he's like doing the Chippendales gimmick, uh, kind of like Chris Farley ish type thing, and I was going to you know. Hit the ropes, tackle him. He just stumbled. You're like, ooh, hit hit the other ropes, stumble, boom, and then somehow get him the bump. So I went to hit the ropes the second time, and you just hear the the rope go, Bink. oh no, and like, and uh, a little inside baseball. Uh, you know, when I was taught to run the ropes, and how I tell everybody when I see them run the ropes, when you're go about to hit the ropes, reach out with your right hand grab the top rope and pull it into you. So when you hit it, if that top rope snaps, holding onto that rope is the difference between you staying in a ring or being in the third row. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just, uh, and when I went to hit the, the ropes for the second or third time, as it broke, my instincts just kicked in. This is uh, when we were doing three PW shows in, at mm. TCW Arena. So I, I grabbed the rope, pulled myself in, top rope broke, and, you know, my feet were you know, thinking, and that's nothing. 
you got to have both feet on the fucking ground. Yeah, I see people, anytime I see somebody running the ropes and they put the one leg up, I'm like, dude, don't, you got to have both feet on the ground because that top rope breaks. Your both feet on the floor is going to save your, possibly save your life. So both my, you know, I hit the top rope, it breaks, both my feet are playing it. And it looks like I, it looked like I bent over backwards and looked like I hit my head on the top, on the side of the ring, which uh, it didn't, but I heard the crowd reaction. I went, I'm done. I'm dead. I'm going to play dead. Yeah. And I, I, I melted into the ring, you know, kind of like I was unconscious. And uh, to Julian, uh, Chris Crude's uh, uh, credit, he just ran over and hit me with a big Abdul the Butcher elbow, topped me one, two, three. Yeah. Which wasn't which wasn't the planned finish, but be due to the situation, you gotta yeah. just go home. Yeah. 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 Some of the and that's another thing, you know. If uh, that's why I get mad when guys think they have to stick to what they call in the back. If it's if something's there and they it might it works out better than what you had planned, go with it. And you know, he hit that elbow. Pinned me one, two, three, and I just laid there. I did not move. I said, Fuck and uh, John, fin John Finnegan was the referee. He goes, you okay? I'm like, I'm okay. You know, just, yeah. <laughs> just let him know just to play along. And plus it was, uh, you know, A, to put over the fact that, you know, I was unconscious, you know, blah, blah, blah. But give the ring crew stall and kind of give them time to fix the ring. Right. You know, kind of thing. And uh, poor, poor Chris Crude, you know, Julian runs to the locker room and goes, he was upset. He ran to the locker room and goes, I just killed the blue meanie. I just killed the blue meanie. I just killed the blue meanie. <laughs> and they're like, no, 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 don't, don't worry. Don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. So I'm watching the Bobby, Bobby Lashley footage and uh, my, my blood went cold. You know, when the rope broke on me, it's every, I'd, like a chill went through me. And watching the thing with Bobby Lashley just sent a chill straight through me. Yeah. Because the rope snapped before he can reach out and grab that top rope. If you watch it, like it's like uh, Drew McIntyre was hitting the opposite ropes as Bobby was going to the other set of ropes. Right. And there was nothing for him to grab. So he just got like the equivalent of a high-low where somebody pushes you and somebody's on their knees behind you. Yeah. And trips he's, you up. Trips you. He's luck. I mean, that flip was, and that was a backflip too. Like that's, you're completely on your own yeah. at that point. Like there's no, you know, you, you have no bearing of what you're doing. Your body is just, the momentum is just going. And you could see like both Drew, Sami Zayn was in, I think Bobby Lashley's corner. Um, yeah. You could see that they they were all like, oh shit, you know, and stalling. Sami does, always does a great job of stalling when things had yeah. come up, but, um, you right. know, he went in and finished the match, but I was like, holy, that is fucking terrifying, man. That could have ended really <laughs> bad. That could have ended really, really bad. Oh, absolutely. So, but, glad, uh, you know, Bobby, right. Bobby Lashley, Bobby Lashley being the, the specimen he is. Yeah. You know, physically he, uh, I'm, I'm assuming he's okay. He, Cause I saw another video where he put, uh, Sammy Zane in the hurt lock, <laughs> you know? So, uh, yeah, you know, and the ropes are all down and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's that, that's just the worst. A, it's the worst feeling in the world when it happens to you, and it's the worst thing to watch. Yeah, because you never know until somebody gives you the the thumbs up or and let let you know they're okay. 
Right. When I did it, I kind of did the old, uh, you know, did the slow, you know, sit up and got the the uh, NASCAR, you know, you know, or the round of applause when they, you know, they wheel somebody off the the field and they give the thumbs up. Yeah, you know, I'm okay. Everything's good. Yeah, got got a little bit of that. I did a little uh, loop around, you know, the the ring just to uh, get my bearings, so to speak. While again, uh, giving them a chance to, you know, fix the ring. But yeah, that was horrible, and it was horrible to watch Bobby Lashley go through that. Yeah, yeah, that was not a uh, not a pretty picture to watch. But what is a pretty picture to watch, Blue Meanie? You mentioned you talked about dynamite. Uh, this week in Philadelphia at the Leah Core Center, CM Punk officially yeah. has accepted Hangman Page's challenge for the AEW World Title. I don't know how necessarily I feel about this, but how do you feel? Did you watch the show? What's your opinions of the feud? Do you think it's going to pay off the way they think it? Uh, they think it will putting the belt on Punk. Uh, well, that's if they do. Right. Um, but uh, you know, it's it's intriguing. I mean. AEW is one of the few companies that goes by win loss record, so he's uh, he's definitely earned this, the, the the spot where, you know, he's had one loss maybe. I think so. But I know MJF likes likes to say he beat him twice, even though the the first one didn't count. The referee started the match. I beat you twice in one match, but you know he's only had one loss, so he's the 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 number one contender. But he's also a top draw. And uh, this is a dream match where two guys from two generations are going to wrestle for the, the AEW world title. And it's going to, I think it's going to be a great match. Uh, I'm excited for it. Um, again, if they put the belt on Punk, who knows? Uh, hopefully, I, I mean, I want to see Adam Page get a good run with the belt because that was like a, almost like a year year-long build up to him winning the AEW title. And uh, they've been, you know, the stuff they've been doing with the TNT title where it's kind of like been hot potatoed, you yeah. know, uh, between, you know, Sammy, Cody, back to Sammy, you know, Scorpio Sky, back to Sammy, back to Scorpio Sky. It's all right, but, you know, you don't want to, you want, you. I, I like those, you know, year-long reigns or something. You know, look what they're right. doing with Roman Reigns with the uh, Universal title. So I like what, you know, when they're, you know, uh, somebody, you know, actually holds on to the belt for a little bit. Uh, so I'm, I would hope, um, you know, Adam, you know, keeps the belt. But I, can, I could see them putting on Punk because, you know, um, just to, you know, have, you know, CM Punk as part of your, the lineage of your title, you know, adds credibility to the belt, uh, you know, in some ways, you know. You know, there's always that argument, does the belt make the person or does the person make the belt? But, um, you know, some uh, some some heavy-duty names, if I, you know, between Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega, holding the AEW uh, world title. So, who knows? But that's the beauty of, you know, why you, why you watch, because you don't know and... In a lot of ways, people don't want to know. That's why they get caught up in the the, uh, the magic of the match, right? To see where see where the payoff is and see what the finish is. So we shall see. But uh, you know, you know, AEW was in Philly. It was a it was a good time, good crowd. 
and uh, you know, it was good seeing some uh, some Monster Factory kids on the undercard, and uh, Cheeseburger got a dark match, and he got a good reaction, which was pretty cool. So, That's cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. AEW uh, Philly came out strong for AEW uh, for uh, for Dynamite and for this you know tonight's Rampage. Yeah, yeah. I had a couple friends in the crowd. I wasn't ready to. Uh, take that step yet just with the newborn and COVID still being a thing. I was like, well, maybe I'll, I'll hang back, but next time we'll definitely, uh, it'll definitely be a thing. One thing I want to do real fast though, meaning before we jump into ask Meanie, I have a, uh, a world yes, premiere, a world premiere for you. Breaking news. <laughs> Carl Pinnell engineer in front of the show has finally finished the fart beat. And I uh, feel uh, like I have to, I have to play it. How, how did he describe it? It's, it's disgusting. Fucking disgusting. <laughs> But I love it. He's like, this is what's gonna, this is what's gonna put me on a mat. This is what, what it's gonna be. This is it. Everything I've done, everything I've worked on, this will be the thing that puts me on the mat. So here, it is, here it is, right here. Carl Pinnell's fart beat. ridiculous of course you know two people are like well that's your that's your new ring entrance music just builds and builds and builds i played this for my uh i can i can <laughs> I can't remember what regular airs like. I can't. I can't. I can't remember what regular airs like. I can't. I can't. This man. I can't remember what regular airs like. I can't. I can't. I can't remember what regular airs like. Everything is a fart. Everything's a fart except for the hi hat. It's the shits. He worked in It's the Shits. And uh, Chevy. Fucking, uh, I played that for my friend Donnie. And he was like, dude, I was waiting for uh, Trent Reznor to come in and start singing. <laughs> it's so good. I will put that up on the Patreon page for you guys to download and, uh, and have if you would like. Yes, it was ass bass is definitely what that was. But uh, I've been waiting Ace for that for a couple weeks. Meanie. I, I Dude, that was, that was brilliant, by the way. So What's that? That, that was fucking... I'm, my cheeks hurt from like... <laughs> I got this fucking Kool-Aid fucking smile on my face. I, I just... I never you thought sent that it my to me and I would be in a you fucking beat. Yeah, you sent it to me and I was playing it. And I was just like, really? This is amazing. <laughs> I was hoping Josh was going to open it while he was working, you know, because I sent it to Josh too. And I'm like, can you just open this at the office right now? Yeah. Just make sure, make yeah. sure you open it in front of everybody. Like, what the fuck? This is the guy we just hired and he's playing fart beats on his phone. It's great, That's man. awesome. Yeah, Carl was, like I said, Carl was just like, I, I, this, is, this is what I, I've done. Played the world, traveled the world with my music, and this is what's going to be 
getting me famous is this fucking fart beat. So <laughs> <laughs> we thank you, Carl, for your patronage, sir. Uh, but Meanie, yes. I have a question. I have a question for you. What's that? Would you like to ask Meanie? I would love to. Ask me something. Don't forget, tweet us your questions at Mind of the Meanie and on Facebook, facebook.com slash Mind of the Meanie, and we may ask your question on the show. Meanie, what do you got today in your hand there? Because I've remembered mine as well. Ah, I got a, I hope I pronounced this right, Soleil, so Soleil, uh, Blood Orange. Nice. I don't know how you pronounce that, but you know. Yeah, Soleil, I think you're right. I think it's like Cirque yeah, Soleil. Yeah. 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 Well, I know our friends at Ugly are no longer with us. They're in. They're with us always in spirit. Uh, the company, I believe, the rumor and innuendo on the block is that it is uh, it's belly up. But I was able to find some at my local CVS, and I fa- found a case of this Dr. Ugly, last one on the shelf. So we're going to crack a cold one and pour one out for the homies. Three, two, one, go. Mm-mm-mm. It's nice. Uh, I tried to say man it, but yeah. It's nice. It tastes like Dr. Pepper without all the other bullshit in it. So it's kind of like pure blood. Tastes like pure blood. Yeah. <laughs> we got a couple of great questions for you this week. We'll start with ECWWrestling.com. He's got two questions for you this week. So I'll start with number one. In the yes. mid to late 90s, since ECW was at the forefront of using technology in wrestling, and the uh, he, this uh, gentleman quotes the old RSPW uh, boards, AOL Prodigy Chats, the first of the big three to have a website, et cetera. What lessons did all of you have to learn in order to help keep everyone's careers and the promotion? As far as like, like, uh, like social media or? I guess I with mean, social media, yeah, that's what, it, that's what it reads like as, uh, as like social media. Uh, there, there was no lessons to, <laughs> it's just, uh, business as usual. Uh, I want to I want to. Maybe pat myself a little bit on the back. You know, Stevie Richards was always ahead of the game on technology and all that stuff. Like, you know, he could write you codes and stuff like that. He was good with computers. But as far as, like, being online, I pat myself on the back a little bit, you know, because I was always on, the like, the AOL boards and stuff like that. And I had my own um, folder in the old uh, AOL grandstand section where... uh you know, get interact with with folks and stuff like that. Uh, the AOL ones kind of sucked because, like, there's like really no thread. Mm. Like, you know, how, you know, you do a, a, a fucking question and you go in there, and you reply, and the reply would never be with like the answer. It would be like the you'd have to scroll and scroll and scroll and look for it. But <clears throat> yeah, uh, ECW was ahead of the curve on that because you know, thanks to Bob Ryder from Prodigy who would do uh, live, you know, prodigy chats from the ECW arena. And uh, he would always bring on, like, ECW talent to, you know, chat during the show. And then, you know, uh, ECW would have ECW CyberSlam where, you know, fans would travel from all over the country. When in some cases the world, we would always have a touring group from uh, Japan that would come over to ECW shows and they would, like, buy out the whole front row. Like, if you see when um, Mikey Whipwreck and uh, Cactus Jack beat the public enemy for the belts at the ECW Arena, you know, the whole, you know, the whole tour group from Japan was, like, right there 
uh, right behind the timekeeper's table celebrating. So we 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 were pretty good with you know crossing over into uh, I mean what they call social media now, but like you know the internet and stuff like that. Nobody really had any classes on you know how to interact and stuff like that. But it was you know we were just pretty much just like everybody else. Just we happened to be the wrestlers and. We happen to be talking to the fans. But, uh, you know, there's guys like myself. I want to say uh, Jericho was huge on uh, social media, uh, on the internet. Diamond Dallas Page, Mark Marrow, um, eventually Matt Hardy, I believe. You know, were some of the few wrestlers that were, like, big into interacting with fans on online. His second question is, with the new technology today, crypto, NFTs, virtual land, etc., what teachings can the current generation of wrestlers and promoters today learn from the original ECW alumni to increase uh, revenue, get new eyes on the product, and enhance the overall value of the business? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing something which has been in the works, uh, wrestling metaverse, uh, which is going to have NFTs and stuff like that, but... Uh, uh, just in general, <clears throat> what uh, what's the question again? I'm sorry. So he asked, um, what would be the uh, what lessons can new wrestlers and promoters, uh, this current generation, what can they learn from the original ECW alumni to increase revenue, get new eyes on the product, and enhance the overall value of the business? I think the question is like, what lessons can they can they take from you guys in the way that you guys were innovators uh, in your field with a lot of these different new things? Uh, what lessons can they use to be more profitable using some of today's technologies? Just, it, it, this is, this might be a little bit of a lesson for the younger guys or, you know, stuff like that. I'm going, it's a little inside baseball, but this is something I teach everybody. Uh, anybody who's listened to me talk or got my advice, this is my key point. I tell everybody, you are your own business. Uh, I am the, I'm Brian Heffron, but I am the Blue Meanie, and my business is the Blue Meanie. And how you present yourself, how you promote yourself, uh, theater of the mind, which, you know, is and how you present yourself to the wrestling fans in, in general. You know, um, <clears throat> my goal, you know, when interacting with people is just to, you know, I, I was a wrestling fan and I always appreciate the wrestlers who went out of their way to, you know, uh, you know, uh, make me feel good. You know, um, you know, uh, one of the wrestlers I always sing his praise is, uh, Eddie Gilbert. You know, mm. I met Eddie Gilbert as a young fan. Uh, on the uh, the Memphis trips, you know, with uh, Joel Goodhart's group, and you know Eddie Gilbert, he would sign everything. He would, you know, you know, a answering questions, yes sir, no sir, yes ma'am, no ma'am, and they, 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 you could be the same way online. You know, the way you present yourself online, the way you present yourself out in public, the way you carry yourself, uh, is very indicative of this, you know protecting your own business you know uh, I see a lot of guys out there who do things online and you know that could be considered detrimental to their business 
you know, and, uh, you know, uh, I, the, the guy who's killing it right now is the resurgence of, uh, Buff Bagwell. Yeah. Shout out to Buff Bagwell. His, he's doing so well. People are like, is, is somebody running his Twitter? You know, <laughs> Uh, is that really buff? Yeah, it's really buff. Uh, Diamond yeah. Dallas Page, the man who lives with him, follows him. So, uh, you know. But uh, I guess the lesson that we learned is, you know, for younger wrestlers, current wrestlers, you are your own business. And you have to present yourself out there, you know, put yourself out there in there, out in the business as a wrestler, as a human. Uh, fans love, and people like myself love to... to to watch the journey, you know, uh, to be there during the struggle and watch see how you come out of a struggle, hopefully on the uh, the positive end of things. You know, I've shared things in my life on online. You know, there's some things I shared, there's some things I keep to myself. But uh, you know, it's just a matter of um, you know uh, interacting and, and protecting your business, no matter how you you know see fit and uh or i should say however you see fit to uh not only you know be a, a character in the ring but a character in real life not that you're being a phony but you know uh, you got to you know as a, a professional you carry yourself as a professional vanessa bello from the pod squad wants to know just out of sheer curiosity does meanie know where the term kip up originated from no clue. That's a great question. That's another one of those moves where you hear it and you're like, oh, I don't know what that means, but all right. You know, uh, you know, there's the, the, the term when uh, you get thrown over the ropes and you hold on and you bring yourself back in the ring, skin the cat. I don't know. What the, what the fuck does that mean? I don't know. It's, it's one of the, you know, the, the, the terms in wrestling that has always been around, but... Fuck if I know. <laughs> I, I wish uh, I had a better answer. You know. Yeah, I even just Googled it now while we were talking about it, and it just tells me, you know, what it is. It doesn't give me any like, how does it, you know, where to come from? No idea. Johnny wants to know: Does the Blue Meanie still stay in contact with Joey Styles? And if so, how's he doing? Uh, I like every year I get a Christmas card from Joey and his family, and uh, with a little note and. I'll shoot him a little, uh, I'll text him, hey, got the card, thank you so much. Hey, Meanie, happy, Merry Christmas, you know. Uh, we, we don't talk as often as I would like, but, you know, he's doing good. He's, I think he's still in sales, in the world of sales, and uh, he's got a wonderful wife, he's got a wonderful kid, um, and he's, he's just living the best life, you know. Uh, Joey's a great guy. Uh, straight shooter, you know, and um, yeah, I, I still keep in touch. I wish I kept in touch as often, more often, but uh, yeah, we keep in touch and uh, I'll probably hear from him uh, next Christmas. <laughs> All right, I got one more for you here. Uh, actually, two more for you. Sage Duranic Williams wants to know, was there ever a time that you were something other than blue? Like hair color? Like just color. I guess like were you the purple meanie, green meanie? Was there no. ever a color? It was always blue. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like uh, my name was a blessing and a curse. You know, blue meanie because it's from a movie. But then, 
you know, people always go, why not red? How come you're not the orange Ruffy? Uh, why? Because uh, like, uh, I picked the blue nah. meaning. Yeah, because I picked this one. Uh, well, uh, it was given. Uh, I, I, I was anointed the blue ah. meanie. So uh, by one of the best minds in the wrestling business. So who am I to argue with Raven, a.k.a. Scott Levy? You know, the guy who created the Dudleys and all these other things he, he's done in the wrestling business. But, uh, I mean, I, there was a point where I started doing movies. I dyed my hair black. And right. that was about it. There was a point where uh, post-WWE and I was running 3PW and I just, I, I kind of lost myself, you know, which, you know, I, find, I, I started painting my face differently. I think I had black hair for a second because I was doing movies, but like I didn't even bother changing it back for wrestling. And uh, I kind of lost who I was. And it, it thank, you know, thankfully, you know, for the uh, East W. Reunion shows between uh, Borash's Forever Hardcore show, or that was the documentary, Jeremy Borash's Hardcore Homecoming and One Night Stand. That's kind of where I fell in love with the original Blue Meanie again all over again, you know, with the black paint and the blue hair and the half shirt and the Daisy Dukes. I went back to that and, you know, uh, you know, as, as bad as the you know, JBL situation was, it kind of pulled me out of a funk to where I started appreciating who I was again, you know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I've had different looks, you know, uh, when they released me, uh, WWE released me the one time, and JR was like, "Oh, go, go, go off and put on, a, get a new coat of paint, and come on back to us." You know, which means you know, change things up. And I literally took it literally and started painting my face differently. That's why I had the blue face paint for a little bit. And uh, but yeah, it, it took you know those reunion shows for me to fall back in love with who I was and you know what the character was. I don't know if we've talked about this yet, but I got a question from Mark and Dryden that just popped up here that I don't know if I've asked okay. yet. And I'm just curious to know what your thoughts are. What effect, sure. what effect do you think Discovery's acquisition of Warner Media will have on AEW? If you've read any news, Kathleen Finch will be or is in charge, and her background is from the Food Network and HGTV, to name a couple. This has been a really popular topic on a lot of shows recently and a lot of areas recently. What do you think, if any? Me personally, I'll give you if you want to know my answer. I don't think it'll have any effect on them. I don't think it's going to change any dynamics for them right now as long as they keep their ratings going. But what does the Blue Meanie think? It all depends on uh, it all depends on what her personal preference is, really. <laughs> um, you know, when, that's the thing. You know, when uh, companies acquire companies, they like to put their own people in in uh in house and uh you know with programming and stuff like that they you know fucking the people time warner hated pro wrestling so and and, and people there, there's always that distinction of you know people try to think of wcw but you know uh time you know uh turner owned wcw wcw right yeah, so like th these companies don't own AEW, but they have AEW on their TV, <clears throat> and um, it's it, it'd be one thing like if you know uh, 
I kind of lost my train of thought there. But, That's okay. Uh, no, they, they don't own AEW, so it's different circumstances from WCW. But then again, it's it's always up to whether this person likes professional wrestling or not. Are the rest are the ratings good? They're okay. They're not great because uh, they're strictly going by a demo, which right to me is is ridiculous. Uh, you know, when we're talking about the Monday Night Wars, <clears throat> they were doing like, you know, 5.0, 6.0, 7.0s. Now the wrestling today does point whatever, whatever, you know. So they, they're, they're doing decimal point numbers. So it all depends on, you know, A, do they think, the, you know, those, those ratings. Yeah, I, I have this argument in my head all the time because <clears throat> it drives me nuts with the whole demo. It's like, Okay, uh, promotion A has a million viewers. Uh, promotion B has seven hundred and fifty thousand viewers. Well, the the person to me, I don't care what anybody says. The person with the million viewers won. Yeah, uh, because yeah. that's a million people. That's a million people who are going to get behind, watch your wrestlers, get behind your wrestlers, buy their t shirts and stuff like that. I don't care if a certain. De- Certain demo watched the seven hundred fifty thousand people because that's two hundred fifty thousand less people. They're going to buy tickets. And, it means you know, it means nothing. It's all just this yeah. parade of shit it's that aver- people say. Yeah, I mean, it's not. It's aver- not advertising revenue for a show that barely is just doing point threes or whatever. You know, whatever the yeah. rating is, it's right. The the the, the biggest num- the best number is you know, you know the the the. the the demo, winning the demo should be the cherry on the top. It shouldn't be your main course. Correct. It shouldn't be, you know, the, the steak and potatoes, that's your main course. That's that's people buying tickets and asses in the seats and people buying pay-per-views. What you do with the demo is that's like, that's 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 play money. That's the, the funny money. That's the, you know, found a 20 in a dryer money. You know, right, right. You know, it's just uh, it should be. You know. So, getting back to you know this this merger, the person could go, yeah, they're they're winning the demo, but still not putting eyeballs on our on our TV. You know, uh, to you know, you know to watch you know the product. So, uh, when does it take effect? I think it already happened. The merger's already taken place, and they were already like they just cut CNN Plus, uh, which hasn't even been around for thirty days. Um, I know that TBS and TNT have both stopped new scripted programming from being produced on the channel, so they're completely moving away from that concept. Um, I don't know. Sometimes, like I said, I, I, I guess to echo what I was saying before, it's like sometimes I feel like it, it won't make a difference because of the contract that they have for television, you know, distribution at least to twenty twenty four. But at the same time, I mean, I guess if, you know, they decide, hey, this isn't working for us, I mean, they could they could cancel them at any time, right? Because I don't know how the metrics of that works. I'm not qualified yeah, to I say Yeah, I don't know how, how contracts works. So, I don't know how TV contracts works. That's a that's right. a question for Eric Bischoff. But, uh, right, yeah. Go and t- check out Eric Bischoff on adfreeshows.com. Him and John Alba do a whole episode on this, uh, on his new um, ad-free shows Strictly only business. show, Strictly Business. Uh, they do a great, great dive into this, and they are... I feel at least for me, I know Meany's been in the business, but at least for me, the two of them are much more qualified to discuss this uh, and talk about the ins and outs of this than I am. But uh, Meany, being in the business, I'm sure, has more 
information than I do. But thank you guys as always for your questions. We appreciate it. Blue Meanie, brother, where can people <laughs> where can people find you on social media? E brother brother. Hey brother. Um, <laughs> if you would like to follow the Blue Meanie, uh, you can go to me, follow me on all forms of social media, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, which I really haven't figured out yet. You can follow me at Blue Meanie, BWO. Uh, if you would like to support the Blue Meanie, go to prowrestlingtees.com slash Blue Meanie, where I just put up a new, uh, since we talked a lot about football today, uh, a Blue Meanie Eagles uh, themed shirt, which was designed by the great artist Bill Wood. Uh, and it says Meanie in the Eagles font, which is pretty cool. And the logo looks, you know, kind of look, is, the Eagle is, you know, looks like the Blue Meanie. So go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Blue Meanie. Uh, go to CollarAndElbowBrand.com. Use promo code Meanie. Get 10% off. Rod Hicks and Al Snow are doing an amazing job over there. CollarAndElbowBrand.com. The wrestling brand. Uh, I had such a good time with them in Indianapolis. Please go support them. Uh, if you want to get a well wish, or uh, I, I, I got to figure out the better verbiage on this. If you would like to uh, get a video message from the Blue Meanie, go to cameo.com slash Blue Meanie uh, BWO. Yeah, Blue Meanie BW. Uh, I just did a couple uh, today, so to speak. So, uh, you know, get over there. Uh, wish you a happy birthday, uh, happy anniversary, uh, happy, 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 joy, joy. Go to cameo.com slash Blue Meanie BW. If you want your beer to look and smell good, just as mine does here at uh, Casa de Meanie, go to madcatbeardcare.com and get the Blue Spruce. Uh, you know, uh, they're doing great stuff over there at madcatbeercare.com. Uh, I have a beard product over there. I do not draw a dime from this product because all the money goes to helping cats, which is, uh, one of my favorite, uh, things. I love cats, you know, uh, so if I can do anything to help, you know, cat, you know, you know, take care of, you know, feral cats, you know, and get them uh, taken care of, stuff like that. Uh, it, it is a uh, something I enjoy. So go to madcatbeardcare.com and get yourself some blue spruce. But, Mr. Bernard, where can we find you? Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate the uh, the intro there. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at this is Goober. Yes, it's my name. It's a brand, and I'm not changing it, pal. Uh, you can also listen to my other show, Foundation Radio. Go to foundationradio.net. Uh, and listen anywhere you find your favorite podcast. You can also support the show by going to prowrestlingtees.com slash foundation radio. Pick yourself up a shirt. We have a couple of great episodes coming up, including a brand new Sam Watches Bad Wrestling Poorly, where we watch, <laughs> or this week coming up, we are going to watch the David Arquette WCW title win. And going to get Sam's unvarnished opinion on that. My favorite episode of that one so far is The Finger Poke of Doom. Uh, you can go back into the archives and check that one out. Uh, you can also check us out. You can support this show right here, Mind of the Meanie. Go to Mind of the Meanie or actually go to patreon.com slash Mind of the Meanie. You can watch the show and watch our beautiful faces every morning as we record Twitter, Instagram, Mind of the Meanie is where you'll find us. Meanie, I want to thank you as always for your time and thank the pod squad for joining us while we record and being a part of our family here. For the Blue Meanie, I am Adam Bernard. Join us again each and every week as we take a trip through the mind. Blue, 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 blue world. Art. <laughs>
<laughs> Peace. This episode of Mind of the Meanie was recorded and produced by Adam Barnard and was engineered by Carl Pinnell. Additional production and narration provided by Sam Kreps. Our executive producers are Josh Chernoff, Adam Barnard, and the Blue Meanie. Our opening theme is performed by the Swamp Candles. Our closing theme is performed by Chikara. The show contains original music produced by Enrichment. Get additional bonus content by becoming our patron on Patreon at patreon.com slash mindofthemeanie. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at mindofthemeanie. This has been a Butts Carlton Media Production in conjunction with the MLW Radio Network. Butts Carlton Proprietor. That was Blue Mini's brain out. The world of MLW Radio never stops. Stop.